Hey guys, G-Man here. Thank you so much for downloading this episode of the Fun V Tailgate presented by Thunderblogsports.com. Maddie D and I finish up our preseason college football previews by going through the remaining conferences that we had to cover. Because of that, it was a long live podcast. So we're splitting it up into two parts. The first part, which is what you're listening to, is the Pac-12 and the ACC. I've put the timestamps where we transitioned from uh, the one conference to the other. If you want to hear our podcast on the SEC, the Big Ten, and our picks for the college football playoff, that's going to be in part two. Feel free to listen to these in whichever order you'd like. But as always, please go like and share the podcast Subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, Thunderblog Sports, just like the website. But now enjoy part one of our week one college football preview. Thanks again. We are on the air. Welcome to the second episode of the Fun V Tailgate podcast presented by Thunderblogsports.com. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell. With me, as always, the man, the myth, the legend himself. He's pointing his guns at you. That's Matty D. Matt Stefano. what's up, buddy? Oh, my Lord. Well, we are almost upon the football season. I know there were some games this weekend, but I'm fired up for this. Last this past weekend, I'm fired up for this weekend. Still technically uh, week one. It's still technically week one. It's I like don't the playing games for the NCAA tournament doesn't I, doesn't count. Right, right. Like, like, come on, come on. I mean, they're okay. No. They're fun to watch, but um, tomorrow's a great day because Thursday's always like the Thursday. It's always like the start of the football season. I know there's been a lot, whether it's the NFL or college, but this coming weekend is just so fantastic. We get some great games on the slate. We're going to talk about in a little bit. It gives you the the jitter oh, yeah. about football being back finally. Um, I'm I'm ready to go. I'm ready to hear the stadiums roar, and I'm ready to see some guys just just tear it up for us. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty excited. We talked about game day last week. I'm incredibly excited to wake up on Saturday morning and just watch everybody's favorite college football program get after it. I mean. We did that last year. We uh, when we were up and we went up to our buddy's house in Long Island, and, and we drove up early because we thought there'd be a ton of traffic and watched the entire show. And I mean, I it's just so much fun. There's so much camaraderie to it, and I I can't wait. We get stuff tomorrow. We get stuff Friday. It's five straight days of football, which we're we're not going to get until Christmas, basically. Right. Right. Yeah. This is a. Unless you're really like scourging for college football on a, you know, some action and late late in the season and really finding that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. But this is some marquee matchups, but we'll, we'll get to those. So we did a of fudged up. We promised a few previews. If you follow us on Instagram, Thunderblog Sports, if you don't, you might have seen that Matt and I partook in a the ever classic tradition of slip and flip. And uh, we were, we were pretty beat up by the time that was all said and done. And uh, 
we uh we just woke up so that's why you haven't really heard a lot from us since then i'm in a lot of pain it was a long weekend yeah i'm still in a lot of pain um yeah it was i'm surprised i'm not as not more cut up than i am but the bruises are there uh but yeah so what we're gonna do is we're gonna run through each conference not as in depth as the big 12 thank you for everybody that gave us feedback on it we got a lot of great feedback uh, some of you are, you know, we're a little mean, but we appreciate that too. Always looking for the criticism, you know. Um, but we're going to go through each conference, not as in depth. Then we're going to give a quick preview on who we think might make the playoff, and then look at the some of the slate. Look out Friday for the Fun uh, V Tailgate blog post to come out that goes through the full slate picks with the spreads and whatnot. Once the final spreads come out, and we're going to start with the conference that Matt and I wanted to do. After the Big 12, if you haven't checked that out, go listen to it. But we move to the Pac-12, and I'm really excited for the Pac-12 this year. I know you are. I know you're, you've always been a big Pac-12 guy, and we're, you know, aside from another conference. But I, I know you've always been a, a big Pac-12 guy, Matt. Well, I have been. I, I think they're kind of the the they're, – they're always fascinating because a lot of their games are late. In the afternoon, I mean, like a lot of teams, like a lot of people know about USC, Fortnite. but they've got so many other teams that are really good, if not great, football teams. I think the big thing that I noticed, and this is just from last year, you know, my father, who who, who does watch a lot of college football, loves the product. He's sitting there telling me that Washington, it's got nothing. I've got brothers that go to Penn State. They're telling me. Penn State should be in over Washington. I'm like, well, did you ever see Washington play a game? Because four, three of their four secondary players were drafted in the NFL draft in the first like three rounds, I believe it was. Uh, and they've got a number one dra- uh, first round draft wide receiver. Uh, you know, a lot of these guys, because they play so late, people don't see them play and they miss what's some really good football. Um, and, you know, I guess they don't have as many traditional. Um, historic powerhouses beyond really to me it's beyond USC I know UCLA is kind of a well-known team in football mostly but I think it's more because of their basketball that that makes them so well known Um, but they've got a lot of other really good programs out there that I don't think get enough credit because of the time they play yeah definitely that's the uh, you know sort of cross plug our other podcast that's the Mike Trout versus Bryce Harper debate on the fact that Mike Trout plays in Los Angeles. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, it's interesting. A lot of the, those games are played either four o'clock in the afternoon, six o'clock in the afternoon, as late as 11 for some of these teams, because they come on so late, uh, especially with, you know, national television broadcasts and everything. And for us East coasters, uh, you know, we're, we're doing whatever we're either in bed, we're going out, we're doing this, that, the other thing. And, and you do, you kind of forget about it. You only hear those big names, whether it's the big schools, the, you know, the LA schools, USC, UCLA, Arizona for the last couple of years, Oregon for, you know, what's seemingly about 10 years, but really in the Chip Kelly era, um, you know, last year with Washington really sticking around and for a while, Colorado, there were these schools, Washington, who's, who was always kind of hanging around, but not really in the Pac-12 and. Colorado who moved into the Pac-12 five years ago and was a big 12 school. And really the only thing I can remember from Colorado football was that they got absolutely demolished by Texas the year that they, Texas ended up winning the BCS, you know, so it was kind of who are these schools? Why do I need to care about them? But I, I think that 
it's starting to change. The buck is starting to turn, if you will. Um, and and it, it'll be exciting. It'll be an exciting season to watch. Obviously, you know, the, the move to having all the different teams has been great for them. It's been great for all the different conferences and having the, you know, the large divisions. But yeah, I, I think it'll be an exciting season to to watch unfold. Right. I yeah. I, I mean, I, it's it's going to be a fascinating conference for a lot of the reasons that you just pointed out. I um, you know, I, I think we can both agree that a blue blood is a blue blood is back to some extent in USC. We saw that last year. Yep. Um, you got to love it. if you're if you're a bad NFL team without a quarterback, you've got to love the USC Trojans. Am I right? Um, yeah. Right, and so Sa- Sammy D. Oh my! Sam Darnold looks like the real deal. Nine great oh, yeah. wins to end the season last year. Um, he lost to Utah. It was his first start, which was a pretty darn good team last year. I think people surprised a lot of people. But darn, I mean, they've got a lot of going. They they have lost some talent, uh, but they they've got it going on. And also, I think people are just forgetting that Washington was the fourth team in the playoff last year. Um, and was had a pretty darn good season, and they returned their starting quarterback, which yeah. I think everyone seems to just completely forget. I'm not sure why, um, because that's a heck of a return um, to get Jake Browning back as well. Yeah, definitely. And and we get a lot of a lot of returning players. Some of the bigger names are out. Uh, at least the biggest name, Christian McCaffrey, obviously with the Panthers now. But you know, a guy that I know you and I have both been really excited for, and I've you know, really been excited to see him kind of take the stage and it we could see it really happen in the the USC UCLA rivalry is Josh Rosen, the yes. quarterback of the Bruins. I mean, I think UCLA definitely had a few unlucky losses last year coming off a four and eight season. I think they they could make a run. We're gonna see him on Sunday night against Texas A&M, we talked about that a little bit last week. Or no, we haven't yet because they're in the they're in the SEC now. Uh, damn Texas schools moving around. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think with Jim Mora at, at, at head coach and really needing to to rebound, I think it might be an interesting interesting run for the Bruins and the and the Trojans coming up towards uh, yeah that same weekend as uh, another great rivalry in our lives. Well, we'll we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, let's jump right into it. If you had to go ahead and choose your – let's just start from the bottom. The yeah. team you think is going to be the, the biggest struggle this year for in the Pac-12. Do you have a, do you have a number 12 team in the Pac-12? Yeah. Um, probably go with Oregon State. Okay. Not, not really a big believer in them. Uh, let's pull them up here. Yeah, they're not really a great defensive team. We we've seen that kind of blow up in their face a lot. Um, their defense isn't that great, as I just said. But uh, yeah, I, I I just don't think in that North Division we see Washington. We have Washington State, who could be really great. Oregon always is dangerous. Um, they do return a lot of starters on defense. That's one thing you can give them a nod for. Um, but I mean, they play a lot of their bigger opponents. On the road, they play at Oregon. That's never good. At Arizona, not good. They host Arizona State, but Arizona State could be really good. Um, I, I just think in a conference that's known for being as high flying and great as they are, um, you know, the real big thing that they have going for them is that they're returning a lot of their skill positions, but their line, and no pun intended, right. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't really think like, and I agree with you. I think I don't really know if there's a horrible. I thought I actually kind of liked the way they finished the season. They've got a tough schedule. Um, to me, this is actually a conference that doesn't really have what I would consider. I mean, if you played out of conference games, then I don't know if they have bottom feeders um, like no. some of the other conferences do. Like I think Cal, Cal, I think Cal would be my number twelve, but I don't know if they're terrible. Um, yeah, I'd want to play them. They, they, it's it's um, coach Coach Wilcox's first year out there, Justin Wilcox. So kind of a, a new scheme. They've got some holes to fill. Um, but I mean. I would probably pick them 12th. I liked. I, I think Oregon State's got a little bit going for them. Um, excited to see um, Jake Lutton in his second a front runner to be the quarterback because they really have struggled at that position since uh, Sean is it uh, uh, Menoin? I think it was that went off to the Rams. I think it was in the draft. Yeah. Uh, a couple yeah, of Sean Menoin. Right. Yeah, uh, it's a 15 draft. He's done through 2014. Right. So yeah, I would. Yeah, agree. No, I, well, I think Oregon State's – they're my number 11. I think Cal is 12 just because there's a new coach there. Um, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, I agree. I, I was going back and forth between the two of them. Oregon just had a, a little – you might want to call it unluckier season, but I you know, um, I just – yeah, I, I, it's it's definitely those two at the bottom. Uh, we can – you know, and I mean, I'd say Arizona might be next. I hate to say that because of how they had been. Right. In the years, but like – they're not really looking like they could, you know. Last year they had a really disappointing season, but they're not really looking like they could be back to that Rich Rod number two team they were three years ago. Right. I mean, think about this. I I, I think we all, I, even though Rich Rod Rich Rodriguez had some troubles um, at Michigan, he can coach. I mean, he knows how to make a team. Okay. But last, last, this past year, the 2017 NFL draft was the third time in five years that zero Arizona Wildcats were drafted. Wow. So to think about that, like the, the, it's not the lack of coaching, it's the lack of recruiting. And I know Arizona has never been a traditional powerhouse, but it's the lack of recruiting that I think really hurt them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, that, and that's part of it is, is for those that remember recruiting prestige and who you're competing against from the NCAA football recruiting as ridiculous as it is to, to bring up. But like when you're looking at your in-state rival in Arizona state, both have always been similar in terms of the competitiveness level. So they move in the ebbs and flows together, but you're really close to LA. You're really close you know, to California in general. You're close to Colorado. You're close to Texas. You're close to New Mexico. New Mexico is not really that good, but a lot of powers who could potentially pull you away and especially with like a Boise state coming out, you know, coming out and running off to the races in the last decade plus, you know, all these different powers coming to be from Arizona and what the school has going for it. And I mean, with USC coming back, you have to wonder where did some of the, where did some of the recruits go? And the answer is to USC and not Arizona. I mean, Proximity kind of killed the Wildcats, I think. Right, right. I agree. And um, I, I would say right behind them would be Arizona State, who a yeah. couple of years ago had a pretty good shot to make what we thought was going to be kind of a run with some decent players. Um, and, and since then, they've never, like with Brock Osweiler was there, if you, they never really recovered. Blake uh, Barnett might be the starting quarterback out there, the Alabama transfer. He'd be okay. But they've got no defense going on right now out there. They've got a lot of work to do. 
Um, so I think they they come in pretty strongly for me at number nine. To me, Arizona State, Arizona, Oregon State, and um, California are kind of our bottom. To me, they're the lowest tier. In the yeah, the low tier. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think Arizona State's a good pick for nine because they're definitely the team that could jump up into that middle tier or at least the next tier up. Um, you know, they do return decent amount of starters on offense. They do have the interesting play at quarterback. Who might it be? Um, decent, uh, which which could turn out to be good. But yeah, playing in, in the Pac-12 South is never never easy. Um, no matter who's good, and Arizona State's kind of gotten that unlucky draw. Of, again, same same deal. Proximity. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, it'll be tough. A tough gauntlet to start to Stanford in terms of out of conference. They host Washington, so it could be a, a trap game for the Huskies, uh, depending on how they come out of the gate. But number nine, who, who do you got at number eight? This is kind of tough because we haven't really seen this team be here in quite a while. Um, I, I, I'm going to go with Oregon. Willie Taggart's there. I, I they, they really have, have, have had a fall from grace um, mm. to some extent. Um, I mean, Justin uh, Herbert will be their starting QB. Um, that'll be okay, but the defense has got nothing. I mean, they've had some pretty decent defensive players too, kind of before this time. But um, I, I've got some concerns with them, and so I, yeah. I think this is the kind of year where maybe it's a recovery year, and you're not a bad way. Um, but to me, they're going to be the team that is is coming in at eighth and just at the cusp of really needing as as much money as they have to make a work to make it work there and kind of be a little better they, they've got some work to do yeah and it's interesting that where this middle tier kind of forms that there's a lot of teams that could shuffle around it within it and there certainly is a difference between to the world or at least arizona state and that gap arizona state is the question marks at quarterback the one thing that these teams don't have a question at, at least, is experience with with defensive players. Right. They, a lot of these teams, Oregon, Washington State, to a degree Stanford, they all return a lot of starters, which you know I, I think is a pretty big deal, especially for a defense in a league that can be air raid. It can also be ground and pound. Right. It's a very well-rounded conference, and we see a lot of talent come out of it, not as much as the SEC, but we still see a good amount. Um, I didn't have Oregon at eight. I had them close, uh, but it's not a bad pick at all. It's definitely this merry-go-round of, of who's hanging there, I would say. Yeah, that's a great point you brought up. The last point was the, the so variation of – not only the differences, but the like we talk about the Big 12, we, we talked a lot about how there's very spread offense oriented, air raid offense. When you move yeah. to the Pac 12, you've got a mix of everything. Um, exactly. Or, right. You, you've got spread, you've got traditional, professional, West Coast, uh, run heavy. So, like West Coast being kind of like kind of what Washington would run, Oregon giving you that spread, um, Washington State with, with is with definitely air raid offense um, and then professional offenses like, um, like USC, uh, UCLA to an extent. It's a pretty fascinating conference in that regard, um, which I kind of feel like walks us into our seventh team. Now I'm not sure who you like as your seventh team. Um, so why don't you let me know who do you have as seventh in that conference? 
All right, so I would go up and I'd pick Washington State. I think they could be good, especially because they do return nine defensive players, and you just hit the nail on the head with variation and seeing that. Okay. Uh, my, my only concern is you have some new players in that offensive line, specifically at center. Luke Falk is great, and I think he could propel them up higher. Um, really hard conference schedule once you get into it. Um, you get a couple couple nice games at home to start the season. In fact, they have home games. Uh, one's against Montana State, so that kind of counts. But Boise State at home, good team. Oregon State at home should be a win. Nevada at home. Nevada can all can sometimes bring it. Uh, USC at home, which I think if they can play that close, easily see them moving from a number seven team to a much higher spot. Right. Um, what concerns me is that they go to Oregon, which I actually had Oregon and Washington State flip-flopped in my original rankings. This game partly because of it. At Cal should be a win. Home against Colorado. At Arizona. Yeah. Uh, again, going down into the desert troubles a lot of teams. That's why, even though we just talked about how we don't think Arizona could be good, it doesn't – going down to one of those two teams, either the Arizona schools, has troubled a lot of Pac-12 teams. We'll get back to this as we get to the higher part. But home against Stanford, who we'll get to in a few minutes, play games to end it, including at Washington for, I believe it's the Apple Cup is their uh, their rivalry. Um, but yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how they do it. Did you have them at number seven or did you have them higher, man? Well, I actually like them a little higher. I think, I think Mike Leach is a great enough coach. I think the word great in a, in an unconventional sense to give them a win or two more. Um, and I, I think they're going to be surprised right by how they operate with that experienced quarterback. Um, I think the reasoning I'm having them a little higher is two teams we're going to talk about in a moment that I think are going to struggle for various reasons this year. So, but I, I mean, I do like, I, I think you're right. Like they're kind of on the cusp of, uh, on that teetering point of good or bad. I, I think yeah. they're going to fall behind. I think they're going to push ahead of two teams. One being Utah, who I think is actually going to be better than the team I'm going to speak about in a second. I really like Utah. I love the program. I just think, Eight NFL draft picks, the most in the Pac-12 last year. They've got a lot of talent to replace. Um, so they're going to need a little work. I've got them actually ranked sixth in the conference. Um, okay. I've got Washington State one ahead. The team I have ranked seventh is, I think, a team that's going to surprise a lot of people, and I think it's going to see the, the major firing of a coach in the Pac-12, and that's UCLA. I think really Josh, wow. I think Josh Rosen has got a ton of potential. Wow. This team is this team has consistently had excellent talent. We've seen a lot of that talent go to the NFL, which is great. What we haven't seen is Jim Moore be able to really put a great team on the field and consistently win games. Yes, they win a big game or two. Yes, they've got a ton of talent, but I've never really seen them put it all together. Um and be the kind of team I think we think they should be. And I think Josh Rogan's got some head issues. Josh Rosen, excuse me, Rogan's an actor, has some uh, head issues that I think he needs to deal with. Um, while I do think they have the yep. potential to win the conference, that's how good I think they could be. I don't know yep. if they will be, and I think Jim Mora will be fired at the end of the season. 
Interesting take. Inter- I had, for me, my top two in the two divisions were so- solid four for me. I could see that, though. I could see some struggles. There's always those teams. Last year it was Tennessee and, to a degree, uh, Oklahoma, even though they still won their conference. Um, but, yeah, I, I, that's the, not a bad take. I disagree. That's all right. Um, but, you know, that's that's what we're here for. We're yeah. here to argue. Um, so we covered, we covered a few of these teams. Um, before we move on from the middle tier, I want to ask you, Royce Freeman, 900 yards from breaking the school record. How many do you think he's good for this year? Uh, How much? Yeah, I think it's Oregon. I think it's college football. I think if he gets a couple early 100-yard gains against some scrub teams, he'll be able to run all over teams like Oregon State, Arizona State, Arizona Cal. I think he'll easily break the school record. And I think yep. he's a hell of a running back and a kind of the kind of guy that I would really like to have on the field of Eagles. Um, and so big fan of his, why I think they're going to struggle anyway. I, I think he's going to easily have that school record over some pretty darn good running backs, a.k.a. Jonathan Stewart. Um, I, yeah, he, he he's a heck of a ball carrier, and I'm pretty excited to see him break that school record. Sure. All right, so let's so we covered one of our top tier teams. We got three more. We're going to start with I'm going to presume it's your number four team, or I guess that Stanford is Stanford your number four. I'm so, losing track of who we no, that's okay. who we've covered and not covered. I've discussed a couple teams. No, my number four team is Colorado. Oh yeah, Colorado, the the, the right. little buffaloes. Buff. They have some great receivers. Uh, Phil Blinzey at running back is fantastic. Quarterback, we're going to take a step back, but Steven Montez is good enough. So I'm a big fan of Colorado. I think they're quietly building a fantastically good program that has more more longevity than the ones we've seen in the past um, that have had some great seasons. To me, they're, they're, they're my number four team unless Washington State or – I know I ranked them seventh, UCLA has some magic. I think they're locked in at four for me. See, what's interesting for them, and I had Colorado at number five – um, which is part of why I jumped ahead of them. I don't have them getting that close this year is because of the fact that they don't return a ton on defense. I'm really holding that to a high standard. They return right. a lot on offense, a lot on offense, even though a lot of them are seniors. I do agree that they have a lot of depth, um, mm-hmm. which is part of why they're a good number five team, despite having three returning defensive players. Um, I think their schedule bodes very well for them. Uh, really, you know, the only truly, truly tough away games they have are at Utah, which is their finale. They uh, beat Utah by only five points last season at UCLA, which could be a, an early, early conference classic. Um, and then really, I mean, they have at Oregon State, at Washington State, which could be interesting. At Arizona State, which we just talked about the desert. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I think it could be a, a fun season to watch for them. Definitely a solid top of the of the heap. Um, but definitely definitely a good spot at number four for them. Yeah. Let's move on. Number three is Stanford then for you? Yes, and I would actually say the that North number, remembering. One, two, number one, two, and three to me are the only teams in the Pac-12 that I think have a shot at making the college the football playoff. playoff. Yeah. Right. Um, Stanford's ranked currently 14th in the nation. Um, Washington state, by the way, ranked 24th 
even though we've ranked them a little lower in our particular fields here. Um, I think Stanford's 14, Washington's 8, USC is 4. To me, they're the three teams that have a shot at the playoff. I don't even care about their players. I think David Shaw is one of the best coaches in college football. I think he's good for nine wins guaranteed. His talent gets him to 10 to 11 this year. Um, I mean, to replace Harbaugh and bring in a guy like David Shaw who's had so much success, it's it's a testimony to that university and also how good of a coach Shaw is. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think that they definitely rebound from that season last year that was – Injury plagued, you know, some unlucky games. Um, yeah, I, I had them at four. Um, and then I had I had UCLA three, actually. Um, but, uh, no, it's not a bad take, I don't think, at all. Uh, I think I think Stanford has a, has a pretty good schedule ahead of them. Um, but, I mean, I think with guys that have some experience underneath their belt, of course, returning your quarterback is huge returning the guy who was Christian McCaffrey's backup and started in a lot of games because McCaffrey was hurt for a lot of the season is great. You return a lot of defensive players, a team that if you go on a run and you have a lot of nice wins, especially when you they, – They host the Huskies in, in November. Remember that. Exactly. They host the Huskies. They rematch Notre Dame at home, which if Notre Dame's good – they love adding that to a resume, especially in the college football playoff committee. Yeah. I mean, this could be a nice run for them, especially in that late three home games to close out the season. And they face really the, their last five games from their last bye, which is October 21st. They have five straight games to close out the season at Oregon State win, at Washington State win. And then three home games to close it against quality, except for California, two quality opponents. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I uh, they've got a real shot to make a lot of noise. They're a tough team to match up against because they kind of run a unique in terms of their ground pound toughness. They're 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 yeah. very difficult to judge in that regard, which I think is important. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean they've always pumped out NFL quality um, talent. Talent. Solomon Thomas, Christian McCaffrey, both top ten picks this past year. So I do think – I mean, I, I think I put Washington ahead of them. We've kind of touched on them a little bit. They have lost a yeah. ton of talent. You cannot deny that. But the um, – They but, still got Jake Browning. Still got Jake My Browning. Boy. My if, boy. And I think I think um, Chris Peterson is – is a. I think he's a better coach than, than David Shaw, who I think I would take as an Eagles head coach – although I think Peterson's more suited for college. But he, he is an absolute success story, and I love that team. Um, once again, they need the secondary after losing Buda Baker, uh, Sidney Jones, and, uh, oh, my God, the other corner is going to slip my mind. But losing three corners to the uh, – two corners and a safety to the NFL in the top three rounds, that is very difficult to recover from. And in this conference, facing teams like USC, Washington State, Oregon, to an extent, UCLA, they're going to need that secondary to jail. But they, to me, are my number two team. And I even think more of a lock to be number two than than USC is to be number one. And what I mean by that is I think they're guaranteed to be number two. I don't think they'll be number one. I think USC – You know, like at the end of the – you mean at the end of the – the Pac-12 or the end of like the CFP? No, 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 Pac-12, Pac-12. I I think they're more of a lock to be the second team – 
as why I think USC and Stanford can flip-flop a little more to me. I, I just feel like those are the two teams that are going to win the conference while Washington's locked in at second. I don't think they're going to make the college football playoff again, but I love the way the, that that, organiz, that that program is going, and they're, a, they're fun. I like their, their style, their, their uniforms. They're a cool team. Yeah, it's definitely a fun team to watch, and I mean, the big thing that I think they could – they'll beat – I think the reason why we're getting it too, their schedule bodes really well for them. They have a lot of home games, not really a ton of tough home games. Um, I think their toughest home game is hosting UCLA, uh, which we talked about before. Uh, Their hardest game is at Stanford, which we also just talked about. And I mean, those are late games. You could easily see Washington walk into that USC home game seven and oh, and then walk, possibly walk into a Stanford away game 9-0, and um, which that, of course, would probably determine who wins the Pac-12 North. But you know, so be it. Um, right. It's college football. There's always crazy things that happen. I'll tell you. But, uh, yeah, no, I definitely think they repeat as North champions, but not as Pac-12 champions. Right, and i got to watch out for, before we move on to USC, their defensive tackle, Vita Villa, who is a monster. Yeah, I was going to mention that they returned four of their front six because yeah. uh, they run a nickel nickel formation, which is always huge. Um, you know, while you lose a lot of secondary, um, the fact that you're playing a team, your one of your biggest games in your division is Stanford, known for ground and pound, could be could be huge. Right, I agree, and uh, we don't want to dive into this now. This is a long topic, but I'll tell you, to me, the nickel as a base defense is the future of football. Whether it whether the reason it's been the future of football for like six years. The Packers perfected it to win the Super Bowl. Right, right, right. And I think if you're a college coach, if you're a college or NFL guy, you're looking for a and I don't know if he's I haven't seen him in the pros yet, but you're looking for whether it's a Derwin James who we're gonna get to or a Jabril Peppers, a safety linebacker combo who can who can really fill the nickel role and beyond is is the the new defensive superstar it's no longer a middle linebacker it's no longer a key defensive end or a shutdown corner it's the joker who can do it all and allow you to compete against the spread offenses that are starting to trickle into the nfl um yeah i mean i think that being said and i mean i'm sorry you can comment i want to i don't want to cut you off if you have a no i agree my i was waiting for you to get onto usc because i think oh yeah unless there's some type of two thousand nine usc type of debacle what was it was either 2009 or 2010 they were the the matt barkley debacle year yeah yeah where they were supposed to where they started the season at like number three and fell out of the top 25 like through six weeks i think this is one of the bigger runaways to it to at least the pac-12 championship that we have in terms of college football teams going to the conference their conference finals if not to the CFP. I mean, you got we mentioned Sammy D, Sam Darnold. You got a lot of guys. You've seven returning defensive starters, five including your center, including your right guard, uh left tackle, the, the of course blind side um is uh is not returning, but you still got your running back, you still got a number of wide receivers. Um you know, I I just think USC's got a nice nice team ahead of them, or a nice team stacking up, I should say. 
and they got a lot of games that at least out of conference that I think when they scheduled, they thought were going to be marquee matchups. Most, most notably hosting Texas, um, which we talked about last week could be good depending on how Texas comes out. Um, should be a win for them though. Uh, at Notre Dame, like we mentioned before, if Notre Dame's good, this is a game that's going to be on ESPN or on NBC. If that's a game that NBC scooped up for Notre Dame coverage, I hope they suck. Um, <laughs> and that's our Notre Dame coverage. Yeah, but um, are you going to get into me, Notre Dame? Other than um, no, but go on. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they host Western Michigan, who we could reference. I don't think Western Michigan is going to be Western Michigan from last year. Um, I would agree. But then, really looking at the rest of their schedule, the biggest and toughest away game they have is either at Notre Dame or at Colorado. And we were pretty, we're pretty bullish on Colorado and and what they're bringing back to the table. But I mean, every other quality opponent has to come to the Coliseum. And this might be like mid two thousands USC. That's just really, really fucking good when they're in LA. But that being said, we, you know, we're both in agreement. USC wins. We'll get to whether or not we think they're, you know, who could, who's most likely to move on to the playoff. Let's move on to the ACC as our next conference that we got a preview. And I think this is going to be a, uh, this isn't, you know, our, our traditional ACC. I think, you know, they have another champion. They got some more talent, and I think we're gonna we're gonna have a fun season watching the ACC. It's not a lot of haves and have-nots. I think there's some. We got sums. I agree. Uh, I would say with the ACC, unlike in the Pac-12, I think there is. I, I think there's a clear dividing line, and what I mean oh, by that agreed. Is, yeah, one, two, and three tiers. The jump is very hard to make. I would even say. I'm just saying that there's some. Right. No. No. There's. I mean. Th- I think it's top heavier. Than say, well, I think I well. First of all, we're going to get to the number one and two teams in a little bit, but I think there's a bottom tier that just clearly is going to have some problems. Um, oh, for sure. Right. I I don't even know how much we want to touch on them. I would tell you that my my tier. I'll call it tier. I you can do tier three. Virginia Boston. We can, College. We can do a, a we can do a quick sim. Right. Virginia Boston College, Syracuse, Duke, Wake Forest. Um, I would even, because of the the, um, ugh, ugh. the sanctions, North Carolina, yeah. I would consider them to be a bottom tier to the fact where I'm not even sure. I mean, they're going to be – they're just not going to be great, good, or or, or average. I think they're going to be – Oh, now, certainly. Yeah, and there's – There might be a team in there you really like. The team I did not include in there was Georgia Tech because I think anytime you play a – a Paul Johnson team with the triple, I mean the, um, sorry, the triple option, you're going to have problems, but yeah, no, I agree. I, I would maybe throw Georgia tech down there. My point in, in saying it's not necessarily the ACC of old is that while you still have these, you know, sh- bullshit teams at the bottom right. you know, while I, while I really like what David Cutliffe does and what I really, you know, and I want to root for some of these teams and see them do well. Um, you know, and I'd love to see I'd love to see UNC bounce back. I'd love to see Syracuse get some together, 
BC, it's it's unfortunate that they've really fallen off the last three years. Um, but yeah, I mean the have-nots are still certainly there. The top tier is much more competitive than it was, uh, which is where I was getting at. But I agree with you. The quick sim of of these teams, they're not going to make. They might make a an interesting upset bid, but they're not. It's not like 2013's Duke team that made an upset bid, and then just kept rolling to a bowl game against Johnny Manziel. We're not right. going to see that. Right. And I was actually going to say, that this is always the division that I've seen some teams like a Duke kind of make an un, un, unsuspecting run. Um, you know, I would even say, I think the one other team that I think NC State has improved, I'm not sure they're there. I don't think they're that bottom feeder team. Um, oh, it's weird, though, because if you look there around. Have some. Know, there are have some, I'd say. Right. If you look around the NFL, you can find some pretty darn good players that have come out of these colleges, by the way, which is, I find, Virginia, which might lose the ACC, has consistently produced decent to excellent NFL players, um, which I find fascinating because, to me, there's plenty of talent. It's just they don't they don't gel like they can. Um, I would say teams that have – teams that should easily be bowl eligible, I would start with Pitt. Yep. I think people forget Pitt beat Penn State and Clemson last year. Probably yep. the reason Penn State didn't make the the other than the fact that they got drubbed by Michigan 49 to 10. Shout out to the brothers, Penn State um alum and student who don't who think that Penn State's the greatest thing that ever happened to the face of the earth last year. They lost 49 to 10 to Michigan. Also they lost to Pitt. Pitt does lose James. That was a, a big slight. Pitt does lose James Conner, their excellent running back. But I still think they're a pretty decent organization. I think them and NC State are going to battle for that. Um, are we tier three, t- or tier tier three, or tier two school? To me, they're they're kind of locked in there at, as the lower end this year. Although I think they're still improving as teams. Yeah, definitely. I think Pitt has a has a good shot. I mean, bowl eligibility is is six wins. I mean, they play Youngstown State. They have to go to Penn State next week. Uh, not fun about that. Oklahoma State could be a good win. That's at home. Georgia Tech could be a win. Rice could be a win. Syracuse should be a win. NC State, probably. Duke, probably. Virginia. My point being, being in the the ACC Coastal Division, you get a lot of layup victories, or they should be layup victories. Right, right. That really pads towards that six-win minimum. and there's something weird about with FCS schools and whether or not they count, but Youngstown state's an FCS powerhouse. So they might, you know, I mean, um, but I mean, who knows? We'll get to Miami. You know, they play them at home to close out the season. And, you know, depending on how Pitt does, how Miami turns out, that that could be an interesting uh, turn of events. You're right. I want to know one guy in NC state, uh, their defensive end, Bradley Chubb finished with 22 tackles for a loss, 10 and a half sacks. Decided to kind of surprise people in return for his senior season. There's a guy to look out for on a, on a team that maybe we could see make a jump or so. So I think that's I think that's pretty fascinating. Um, but to me, when we when we kind of eye up the ACC, I think there's to me there's two teams that have a possibility of crashing the big party in terms of the top of the division, uh, top of the conference. Virginia Tech, who I like, but also I think Miami. Yeah, Could I agree. Vision there too. I absolutely agree. I think both are. If you had to say consistent or volatile on how they'll perform, both are very volatile, but both 
could be good. Right. Miami and Virginia Tech both return a lot of players. Miami a little more, seven on offense, eight on defense. Mm -hmm. Huge. Second year of Mark Wright as their head coach. Including, by the way, Mark Walton, the running back, and Amon Richards, the wide receiver, both expected to have 1,000-yard seasons and be fantastic. Replacing Brad, uh, my uh, quarterback. But I think the Hurricanes are doing it the right way. They've had a lot of misses, but I think Mark uh, Mark is a great coach and will kind of get that team back to pro- uh, back to prominence, not this year, but in the next year or two, I think you're going to see the Dol- – I mean, the Hurricanes, excuse me, misspoke. They're having a fantastically good season. Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, not to continuously look at their schedule, but a lot of home games and not a lot of tough road games. Right. I think that's a big deal. I think that makes a, a nice little run at the division crown, I would say. Um, the Coastal's never always been the strongest division. Right. But that November 4th game, circle it. It's Miami's homecoming against Virginia Tech. This is a game that's always been big for both since they're dating back to their days in the Big East. Um, I think, you know, not to take away from Virginia Tech and what they can do, um, they also have an, have a really the fact that in the, the, the Coastal kind of, you know, it, it – Really pads the stats. Right. But both are quality opponents. They'll make, you know, the team that we'll pick, I think we both have the same team out of the Atlantic, get a run for their money. Um, but, I mean, who would you take? Who who do you got number one between the two? Between Miami and Virginia Tech? I, I think at the end of the season, by the way, both ranked. But I think Miami is going to win the division and they're the better team. And I think you're going to start to see your see them establish themselves as the not only the the gem of the division, but also the getting back to the tier one of the conference. Something we haven't seen in, in a long time of their dominance. I think it's we're seeing a resurgence of the um, of the program, and yeah. I'm happy for that because they had. I mean, I know we we there's a lot of there's a thirty for thirty out there. They're a heck of a school, and they've got a ton of talent, and they're hold on, talent. hold on. Go ahead. There's two thirty for thirties. You're right. The U, the U2 is okay, but the U is the best thirty for thirty. I would gotta, agree. I had to point it out. I, had to I point would it agree. Out. Um, I think they're. I think they're going to return to prominence as not only a division and conference um, powerhouse, but also a national powerhouse. Something I think that'd be good. For college football because they bring a lot of swagger and arguably, good for CFB. <laughs> arguably the some of the deepest professional NFL roots that you can find out there. The University of Miami, the U would be way up there. And also, I gotta tell you, they're just cool. Like I wanna be a university of I wanna be a hurricane fan. They're fun and um I'd love to see them kind of return. We've seen glimpses in the past decade, but never really as strong. This is the guy to do it, the coach to do it, and and this is a team on the rise. Um, but that being said, I think they are stuck behind the big three, but I think there's a clear number three, and it's number three due to one particular person, one of the most underrated returning Heisman winners ever, Lamar Jackson, who is are honestly fantastic. Um who should be invited back to New York if he has the kind of season he had last year and can really do it all. Not sure he know, not sure he has a place yet in the professional football league, the National Football League, but 
Lamar Jackson's fantastic. Do you have them as number three? I do. I agree. But they're number three, clearly. And you I know, I Lamar is – it's not like Stanford to me. Like, no, 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 no. I agree. Okay. Part of it is that Louisville was a little shaky last year, even with Lamar QB, and, and he was a little shaky down the stretch as well. Very clearly the Heisman winner. Uh, I agree. I, I think he's a awesome candidate to win, to win it twice. Um what I like about them is that they do host Clemson early. True. Um, that could be a nice little flip-flop in terms of my number three and my number two. Um, but, you know, the, the thing that concerns me is that they were a little shaky. They don't return a ton right. on offense, and they return one offensive lineman, which I think – it's not something you hear a ton. We've heard a little more of it in, in, in football analysis with the rise of Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. But the O-line returning and being a cohesive unit matters, and it certainly is huge here. Lamar can do a lot on his own. That's why he won the Heisman. But I think that's what has me concerned. And I, I think it depends on how that week three game Re three matchup goes against Clemson, but I, I'd say they're solidly number three, and Clemson is my solid number two. We'll get to Florida State being number one, right? But, but I, I think transitioning I, over to the defending national champs. That's tra- That's correct. Um, I'm with you. I think Clemson. I, I they have so much talent. Don't get me wrong. Uh, they lost Mike Williams to the NFL. They bring in uh, Deion Kane, who was there last year, as well as um, well, and Watson. Let's not right. forget to Sean. Correct, correct. Yeah. Uh, Dexter Lawrence is a monster defensive tackle. Christian yeah. Wilkins is another defensive tackle. They're loaded defensively. Yeah, they return a lot of defensive players, which is why I, which is why I put them over Louisville. And I don't, and I don't um, think a lot of people know that their defense is as good as it's been because they knew Deshaun Watson, Wayne Gall, uh, Gallman, Williams. They've, had, they've consistently sent guys on their offensive line and their, out of their linebacking core to the NFL and replaced them with guys that they sent to the NFL. Right. You know, so if it's third right. time's the charm, great. And it's it's certainly possible that it can be. I mean, this is mm-hmm. you know they're seven guys on their defense returning. These are guys that know how to get it done. They're going to teach it well. They obviously have a very good defensive staff. And go for it. it. I just think we'll get to Florida State in a second. I just think it's an interesting schedule they have at Louisville. At I mean. They host Florida State, which is big, but you know, at Virginia Tech could be interesting. At the Q's could yeah. be could should be a win, but you know, you never know. Um, it's a Friday night game. They have a bye week next. Do they overlook? Who knows? Um, I'll tell you. And the schedule a little weird with hosting the Citadel in an SEC mid-November bullshit game. Uh, and then they're at South Carolina. We'll get to the Gamecocks, but you know we'll we'll see how it all how it all shakes out for them. Right. I, I think this. I think Clemson is the first team we've talked about the Pac-12, talked about the Big 12, the first team that has the opportunity to not win their conference and make the playoffs. 
they're ranked number five. They've got the pedigree. They've got the talent. If the quarterback struggles, then whoever, if they struggle early, they have still have the potential because of their early rankings to dive back in to get number four, uh, like the fourth team in the college football playoff. We'll talk about how we feel about that later. Um, yeah. I was going to say, let's table this because I actually, on the big three, I have an interesting question, but we'll kind of circle yeah, it into. Of course, of course. Let's, let's just jump right into Florida State. By the way, I think Florida State will decide whether or not. Ah, um, week one, to me, I don't care if Alabama or Florida State wins week one. I really don't. No. I don't think if – I think if either of those teams lose, they shouldn't even move in the rankings. I know no, you – I agree. Right. I know you mentioned that Alabama's playing a, 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 a cupcake in the middle of the season. What I've never had a problem with, though, I've never had a problem with that because Alabama, we'll get to them. But I give credit to Florida State and Alabama for playing each other week one. It's a huge game. Uh-oh. Florida State has some nasty players. Tavares, Mc, not even on offense, defense. Tavares McFadden as a corner. Oh, my, he's amazing. But I think really Derwin James, who was almost injured all last season, he is one of the few players has a chance because of his position, like Jabril Peppers was last year, to potentially win a Heisman at defensive player, at a, as a defensive player. They're they're good, they're nasty, and they bring back Francois this year. They're the to me they are the locked in team to win the ACC, and to me they're going to end up being the third team ranked in the college football playoff. Yeah, I think they're they're definitely going to roll to it. Um, you know, like you said on. The side of Florida State, or not on Florida State, on uh, on Clemson, that if they lose early, they can move along. And this is sort of the reason why we've seen conferences, specifically the Big Ten, decide to loosen their college scheduling or their conference scheduling is to allow for these early season losses. Because certainly, at least on the human effect, and it happened with the, the BCS, and that's why a lot of people hated it, but that ramping into the playoff or the postseason certainly makes a difference. Um, I agree with you. I think there's a lot of ways that they can easily run through it. They draw a really easy side of the Atlantic or of the, uh, of the coastal for their uh, interdivision games. Uh, really any tough teams that they have are at home. Miami's at home. NC state's at home. They go to Duke, but that's not really a hard game. Um, yeah, I think Florida State waltzes pretty easily to or to the Louisville home game at the end of October. Could be an interesting game. Could be a win. We'll see how Louisville does. Then at Clemson, big game. Uh, but I think their finale against Florida is kind of a show-me game. True. Depending True. how Florida does, and we'll and get to Florida. Right. It could be a reason why we see, you know, it doesn't matter for whether or not they get into the ACC championship. And I think this hammers home your theory on the ACC, on a non-ACC winner getting in, just like how we had with Ohio State last year in terms of, say, Florida State beats Clemson, but then loses to Florida, then wins. But if there are two lost teams, say they lose to Louisville or they lose, you know, However it goes, um, you know, we could see, or they have already lost Alabama. They're a two-loss team then. Uh, You know, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be fun. The end of the season, especially with these in-state rivalries that are ACC, SEC. um, You know, we don't – 
we this will be the first year that it's put hopefully at least on paper the most compelling of those in a while Uh um you know last year we we had you know or a couple years ago not last year clemson routed south carolina a couple years ago south carolina did beat clemson um last year kentucky beat louisville and derailed that whole season um you know we have of course you know this game we have the georgia tech georgia game um but it, it, this, I think, is the most meaningful in a long time, and it, it'll be fun to watch. You know, Saturday after Thanksgiving, we're all still full from Turkey. Uh, but I, I agree; I don't think it's going to be a very hard road for them to making it into the playoff um, for the first time since Jamo was at the school, uh, James Winston, of course. But yeah, I mean, I think, and we'll we'll come back to to the three teams. Cause I do think it's an interesting question in terms of how the CFP and ultimately the new year six shakes out. All right, guys, that'll do it for part one of our week one college football preview. Like I said, if you want to hear the big 10 and the sec, as well as our picks for the college football playoff and uh, our games of the week for week one, Go check out part two. As always, go like and share the podcast. Subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, ThunderBLG. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, ThunderBlog Sports. Just like the website. Go check out part two, like I said.